0: good morning lovely people it is monday january 9th the lopes split on the most challenging road trip of the season doing so in a reversal of our expectation after claiming their first quad one win of the season at sam houston state gcu looked a little less inspired at stephen f austin dropping their first loss of the conference slate now we fans who have seen great promise from this squad are left with a lot of uncertainty moving forward. We have a lot to recap from the previous week, and we're excited and hope you are too. A new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes on the blocker for Three go
1: Harrison. Back up here, she quickly
0: to the clock and finds
1: baseline. Barrel, no doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that I think with a big right hand, give the most a three point advantage. I am uh, compiling a list of like greatest or best teams or players in really obscure situations. Um, and so I'll be sharing these from time to time. Uh, the one I came up with today, which is personally my favorite, uh, the greatest of all time basketball team uh, is the University of Rutgers when they are playing against Purdue. And also Purdue is the number one team in the country.
0: <laughs> Dude, if that Rutgers team showed up every night, they would be undefeated every single year. National champions, back to back to back to back to back. It's yeah. insane, actually. Yeah. goes teams crazy. Crazy.
1: Yeah, this is two years in a row, right? That they beat number one in the country, Purdue. Yeah, number one
0: undefeated. Number one, yeah. I don't know if last year's was at Purdue, but this one's this one was at Purdue, so that makes it even more significant. But Rutgers, they just
1: have their number, man.
0: Well, and here's what I'm hearing is I I don't know how much you listen to like national basketball stuff rather than just the whack, but typically that's all I listen to is like Field of 68 and uh, Ion College Basketball. Um, a lot of people are saying that this Rutgers team is actually a contender for the Big Ten, and I don't know how much Big Ten you watch, but oh. um, did you see what um Indiana and um Iowa did the other night? Uh, was that uh, it was I'm thinking of something else. No, I don't think so. Indiana was up 20 points, and um, they ended up losing the game, but it was really funny because one of the Iowa players was on a field of 68 interview after the game. Mm-hmm. And he said something along the lines of, yeah, we went to a two, three zone or we went to the zone and Indiana looked like they had never seen a zone before. Mm-hmm. Like they just didn't know what to do. They ended up winning. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is the conference that Rutgers is going to like be the dark horse and win the conference where, yeah. you know, one of the most storied programs in basketball history doesn't know how to handle his zone defense. It is what it is, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Rutgers, they're not, they're not doing too bad. The, the big tens. I, I don't know. I feel like the big 10 isn't as strong as it sometimes is. Absolutely not. You yeah, want to open up
0: heavy. with uh you want to open up with questionable scenarios?
1: Yes. Go for it. All right. For me.
0: Would you rather have courtside seats, courtside season tickets, to the lopes games with the program the way it is now or have the lopes as an at large level but only be able to experience the games through twitter
1: so like only be able to experience through twitter means like i can't even watch it on tv i have to like get a play like i'm getting play by play somewhere essentially yes no I, I don't i guess like if i'll give you I one pass the deal, if they right? make if it I to can't the whack-
0: actually if they make it to the WAC championship, I'll let you watch that game.
1: <laughs> if I can't watch the, the team, then I'm not going to be a fan of them. Like, I don't know. I I don't think I would. I don't think I'd do it just because, like, how much do I really like a team that I've never seen play, right? It's like, dude, this team's crazy. I've never watched them. I have watched them all year. I just know from Twitter that they're cracked.
0: Zach, the, the thought of it is you are providing a service to the Lopes through doing this. So you um, like the lopes now. Um, you make this decision, and now all of a sudden really everybody in GCU, you know, nation gets to enjoy what you have sown.
1: All right. I'll do it. I'll do it for Lope Nation.
0: You'll do it for Lope Nation. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now we yeah. all get to enjoy such a thing. You but would you rather do that than sit courtside with the team the way it is right now? I would be
1: totally fine sitting courtside with the way the team is right now. That I would have been inclined to choose that just because like then then if Zach, I'm not gonna watch. you
0: can choose that. But Connor,
1: for the for the boys, for, like for, for, the, Lopes, for the Lopes Nation, <laughs> yeah, for Lopes fans everywhere, we're gonna um, we'd be an at-large team.
0: Well, if the question was being asked to myself personally, I'm sorry, Lopes Nation. I'd rather sit courtside because um, I think they're pretty decent right now, and they are. Maybe someday yeah. they will be an at-large kind of team. So, yeah. yeah. What'd you think of the games this week, Zach? I was. I was pretty impressed. Uh,
1: Even though we lost in that SFA game, I was pretty impressed with the road trip as a whole, because I feel like I saw a higher ceiling than I've seen all year. Um, Obviously we, we made a like, I guess it seems like we didn't play as well as I thought we should have against SFA, but we played better than I thought we could have against Sam Houston. And I think that that almost like makes it worth it. And like, I feel like we have a higher ceiling than, than before.
0: I don't know that I agree with you, Zach. Hmm. I, right. the, the Blackshirt injury is tough. It, it really is. is. And yeah. I, and I don't want to say that, you know, they went out there and, and finished that game out. And the, I think it was the final 30 minutes plus overtime that Blacksher was not available. Yeah. He got injured I, early. I, yeah. He it was, early. it was like 10 minutes into the game. Yeah. I'm not going to say that they went out there inspired to, to win for, for JBJ, but, um, they definitely, I, I shouldn't even say they, um, Rayshawn Harrison came out the final 10 minutes with his hair on fire, ready to ball. It's just awesome. It was incredible. Um, but they just did not look like themselves against Stephen F. Austin. And for me, yeah. that was, that was concerning. Yeah. Like it, it, the it performance really on Saturday. Um, I didn't get to watch it. As you know, I actually just watched it today. I was listening on the radio cause I was driving to a basketball trip, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't even get to check the score until after our game, so I, I was I was listening to it, and then I was peeking at the score before the game started, and we were up fifty-one to fifty when mm-hmm. my game started, and then I got yeah. back and we lost. I'm just like, shoot! And then watching the game today, just I I was not impressed, and I, I think a lot of that we has played, to do yeah. with we are just shorthanded, and that's going to be a long
1: really good minutes of basketball. We did. <laughs> to start the game, uh, and
0: then it I don't all know fell about. Apart oh yeah in the first half absolutely the first
1: 16 minutes of the game we played really well and then yeah. we just like we just turned into an aau team um <laughs> but i i actually think that like the things that went wrong in that sfa game i thought was just a, like seriously uh i thought it was a lot of dumb mistakes and i think it's stuff that coaching can fix whereas like um our offense being stagnant and us not being able to get the ball inside is is a lot harder to coach than like Hey, maybe stop going for backdoor passes when you have 12 turnovers off backdoor passes, right? Like like we were just doing stupid stuff. Uh the I know we're going to talk about this cuz I know we both have it in our notes of like I can't believe this even happened. Um the the announcers said something like uh yeah, SFA like SFA is forcing uh, this GCU team to turn over a lot so did Sam Houston and they're like pretty comparable defenses, which is obviously not true at all. Uh Sam Houston is a much better defense than SFA. It's really not close. Um but we did have a ridiculous amount of turnovers in both games. And in the Sam Houston game, that's because Sam Houston plays really good defense. But in the Stephen F Austin game, it was because we were doing a bunch of nonsense. Like we probably had 10 or 15 of those turnovers were I would say unforced, where like not because of a good defensive play, but just a boneheaded pass.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding. I, one, one pass in particular comes to mind. Um, sometime mid second half. Maybe a little bit later, Ray Sean Harrison on the near side of the court. You're thinking of the same way. I know exactly I. what you're talking about. Near side of the court, like as close to the sideline as possible without it getting too close, flings it one handed to the opposite corner. Uh, I think it was Gabe McLaughlin sitting over there, and that thing got picked off a third of the way or two thirds of the way there. Yeah. I'm just like, what 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 was that? And when uh, you said AAU ball, that's the first thing that came to my, yeah. came to my mind. Yeah.
1: There was another, there was, a, I don't know if it was that play or a similar play where someone threw a bad pass, like right to a defender and it got deflected and we got the ball back. And then we immediately tried the exact same pass that actually was a turnover that time. And I was just right. like, dude, what are we doing? I, so <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought like, I mean, we should probably like talk about one game at a time, but yeah. I thought like against, Sam Houston like we knew coming in they're going to play really oppressive defense and I think they did they got the turnovers we wanted but we stay strong in one with, with Stephen F. Austin it just felt like we were playing stupid and I think that's really fixable like hey stop making dumb passes I, I think it's doable it's coachable I'm sure Bryce Drew I mean Bryce Drew's a, a really good coach I'm sure he's on it and mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're going to see that level of horrid passings
0: I'm, cu- I'm curious if this was uh, like you said we need to just start focusing on the first game. But before we get there, I wonder if the Stephen F Austin game kind of felt like an, like a reverse trap game where like, you know, you have the opponent that you really want to beat the better opponent Uh and you kind of overlook the the opponent that's in front of you. Well, it just on the opposite side, we, we really focus on CM Houston state and then Stephen F Austin kind of gets set to the wayside, even though they're the second game of the trip. I'm curious if that was the, the, the case. Stephen F Austin game to me,
1: the whole game, it felt like 40 minutes of a heat check. You know how like, you know how like when you hit a couple of shots that are kind of crazy and then like sometimes like, you're feeling really hot and then you take a really bad shot, but it's like, hey, he's so hot that like he might as well hit that one too. You know? But it's exactly. like, hey, that's not actually a good shot. That's kind of how I feel about the Stephen F. Austin game. Like we we just first of all, it's one of the first games all year where I think we actually came out like at the beginning of a game and look like a basketball look team, solid, normally, yeah. we don't, normally we don't do anything and then we get behind and then we have to play from behind uh, even against teams that are not as good as us. But we came out looking really confident. We came out moving the ball really well. Uh, and we came out doing a lot of like more flashy plays and it was working early on. Right. Uh, it did not. A lot of it led to the turnovers though, that we talked about, which was catastrophic.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Do you think you're you're feeling about as good as you could having one loss on this trip, or do you think it would have been better for us to lose Sam Houston game in a close one and then beat Stephen F. Austin? No, I think this is
1: fine. I think this is fine because okay. my concern my concern was I think we're a better team than Stephen F. Austin, but I and I, I still think that's the case. Uh, I was actually under the impression like I did not think that we could beat this Stephen F., this this Sam Houston team. And the fact that we did so on the road, I guess to say, like, if we had done the opposite and beat Sam, beat Stephen F. Austin and lost to Sam Houston, uh, I, I believe because of our schedule, we're not playing these teams again. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry, we do play Stephen F. Austin again, but not Sam good. Houston, good. which is good. Um, so come tournament time, uh, yeah, we lost to Stephen F. Austin. I'm still pretty confident we can beat them. We play them at home um, in about a month, Um, whereas had we lost to Sam Houston come tournament time, I'd be thinking like, yeah, I just don't know if we're going to beat this team. Um, but because we've already beaten them once on the road, uh, who's to say we can't beat them again at a neutral court. So I, I now feel pretty confident that we can beat both of these teams and really any team in the WAC. That was my, my concern coming into this trip and coming into conference play was, uh, I don't know if the Lopes can actually beat Utah Valley or Sam Houston. Uh, and so I was really impressed that we actually did that. And we looked like we looked good doing it and we looked resilient, especially with uh, YL obviously continuing to be out and the Blackshire injury and like Ray Harrison just went nuts. Oh, man.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, I am a little bit of an overthinker. So that's kind of why I asked that question. I don't know. I feel like uh, winning that Sam Houston game is huge, absolutely huge. And, and I think we should talk about this. But after losing to Stephen F. Austin, <laughs> I was thinking you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. Yeah. Never lose a back end of a road trip to a team you're supposed to beat after beating a team you're not supposed to beat in conference play and never get involved in a land war in Asia.
1: That's the Arizona State special. <laughs> That's what they they would love to like go like beat number like they'd like go beat like number 12 Oregon and then lose to 3 win Oregon State. Would like they would do that just all the time. And it would drive Or me like
0: Arizona this weekend. They yeah, and uh, Washington they lost and to Wazoo. To Wazoo. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is that's yeah. that's not good. I think ASU is playing them tonight. I was going to go to that game. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. N- not good stuff going on um <coughs> in Tucson right now. No, let's uh, well, let's they're... dive. Let's dive deep into that Sam Houston State game, dude.
1: So first of all, the, the thing I think to point out uh, the narrative that had been kind of pushed by WAC fans and rightfully so, is like this is a battle between potentially the top two player of the year candidates um, Ray Sean Harrison uh, of GCU and Claude Grant of Sam Houston state. And both of those guys absolutely looked incredible in that game. Like do- down the stretch of regulation going into overtime, it, it felt like um, it felt like, you know, how when you watch like an NBA playoff game uh, and you know, like, okay, it's just going to be like, you watch like uh, net Celtics. And you're like, it's just going to be Tatum and KD trading buckets that's kind of what it felt like for a while with Harrison and Grant. So I, or, I thought they or, both
0: or Tatum beating KD 4 in in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and Kyrie flipping off the fans and getting swept. <laughs> yeah, it was a nightmare. Go Celtics, um, go Celtics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I so that was kind of the narrative, and I was really impressed, really with both of those guys. That like man, like they both look awesome. Um, we we have known obviously. Yeah, we had known obviously that that Blackshear can score but uh 28 28 points on 9 for 19 shooting so a pretty efficient night. Um Grant was 8 for 17, 26 points. So um those are honestly like relatively efficient numbers. You know, 28 points off 19 shots uh is is pretty good. Um Harrison also was 10 for 14 from the line, which isn't great, but as a team we shot 80% which is better than we had been doing. We also shot really well from the line against uh, Stephen F. Austin for a stretch. I think at one point we were like 12 for 12 or something. Yeah. You Um,
0: texted me. We're 11 for 11.
1: Yeah. So, so free throw shooting was really, really great. Uh, Ray Sean Harrison did a good job of of driving and getting to the line a lot. We, the thing we said about this Sam Houston team, if if you're surprised, like hey, 14 free throws in a college game seems like a lot. Um, The thing we said is Sam Houston plays really tough defense uh, with that, they also pick up a lot of fouls, and so being able to take advantage of that and make free throws is really important.
0: Is it just me or was the foul count a little bit uneven in the first half? Um, I can't recall. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. It might have been. Um, however, my analysis of the game, I w- when I watched it on Thursday night, I kept thinking, man, the Lopes are not getting any paint touches. This is terrible. And that's when it was like 7-7 seven to seven with seven minutes left in the first half. You know, nobody was scoring. Yeah. So when I re-watched <laughs> this game, I, I went all in, okay? What I did was I tracked paint touches... Uh, sorry, possessions with paint touches versus possessions without paint touches, okay? So in the first yeah. 10 minutes, GCU had 17 possessions and only six of those. They got a paint touch in of those six paint touches. Uh, they got, they got three buckets. Okay. Um, they had 10 possessions without a paint touch and scored zero buckets on those 10 possessions. So that was obviously the worst stretch of the game at the end of the half. GCU had, um, 11 out of 36 possessions where they had paint touches and for a little bit of context sam houston state which didn't do all that much better but we we're pretty solid defense as well they had 15 for 33 on paint touches to just possessions but gcu had 11 for 36 at half by the end of the game we had 33 for 75 and the second half was a lot better for us when it came to paint touches i think we had um 11 for 15 in the final 10 minutes, 7 for 14 in the in the first 10 minutes of the second half. And then in the uh in the overtime, we were uh 4 for 10 on possessions getting paint touches and of those 4, we got a bucket on every single one of them. Um on the other hand, Sam yeah. Houston State seemed to go in a downward trend as we went in an upward trend for paint touches. But GCU is as we've discussed at length, not great offensively. And the best way to score is to get the ball in the paint at some point. Um, Now that's easy to say, you know, coaches lay awake at night trying to figure out how to get the dang ball in the paint. I used to tell my kids that I coached down in Arizona. The paint is the promised land. And then I'd say, what's the paint? And they'd go the key. (laughs) I'm like no, no, it's the Promised Land, the but, Promised Land. Yeah, no, dude. I, I'd just be like, hey, if you get the ball in the paint, there's a good chance you can score. So, um, and it's not like coaches. It's not like Bryce Drew doesn't know that, you know. Um, it's yeah. pretty redundant to for me to you know go through every single stinking possession in the game and and track that. But for me, it was just a good visual of we're struggling here, and we're not getting the ball in the paint. So that is one of the contributing factors of that. Now, Sam Houston State's defense is obviously another factor to to put in there. Um, we we knew it all along. They were going to be good at pass denial. They weren't going to let us just drive past them, and and they looked phenomenal. They looked really, really good, and their, uh, the turnovers that they forced was a testament to that. It was 25 turnovers. But also, 25. you know what your favorite factor or your favorite um, characteristic of the Lopes is, right? The will they have to win, and that really came yeah. out in this game. Yep, yeah, yep. And that's uh, that's the thing. That this we we've been. It's
1: funny that after talking about it all year in perhaps less important games, it came into play in such a large game. Which is, I do feel like uh, this is something previous Lopes teams have had a hard time with. Is like they just they just kind of die in games like this. You know, like, I don't know. It seems like previous Lopes teams, the, the Dan Marley era, just don't have as much fight as this team does. And that's what makes uh, that's what makes this GCU team both beautiful and frustrating is that even when they're playing badly, they're still playing really hard, right? And they still want to win. Uh, and so it's frustrating watching a team play so hard and then like not be able to do stuff, um, which is kind of what it feels like. It's like, man, they're, they're like, if they were just a little bit better, uh, everything would be awesome, but they're playing really hard and it put them in a position to win the game. Yeah, which they They did. Yeah, because they squeaked it out. Like in regulation, they just fought to the wire, forced overtime and then like kind of came out with their foot on the gas the first two minutes of overtime and the game was like kind of over. Like we were in the driver's seat for like all of overtime and then it just felt like every time I thought the game was over, Sam Houston would hit a three and it was like, oh man. Where, but. where
0: did the momentum shift in overtime? Can you think of the particular play that I'm thinking of? No. GC was up eight or nine. I want to say there was oh. a little bit less than two minutes to go. No, I think it was less than a minute and a half to go. And there was a, a hard ricochet off the rim on our defensive end of the court. Mm-hmm. We got the rebound out in transition. Noah Bauman running towards the rim. And we tried to pass it to him and it was just a bad pass. And Sam Houston state ended up scoring on the other end, mm-hmm. kept them in it till the end. And if we had just converted on that, that fast break, that would have put us at either 10 or 11 up. That would have sealed it. Um, and, and you and I kept texting each other. <laughs> the, the Lopes are doing everything they can to not win this game. Yeah. I think it, Yeah. yeah. So we had uh, – the the Lopes played really well from the start of overtime
1: until 5.39 left. That was a – or one thirty nine left, rather. That was the big moment where the Lopes were up by five. Uh, Bauman got fouled on a three and then made all three free throws. So then we were up eight with a minute 37. And up eight with a minute 37, you're playing the we're going to just kill the clock game. Um, and so immediately, um, Grant goes down and hits a three, and it's like, oh, okay, right? Like back to five. Rayshawn Harrison scores up seven. Um, and that was where uh, up seven, 49 seconds left. Kobe Knox gets the steal and oh, then it, it like immediately, steal? but yeah, but it was up seven with 49 seconds. So if you take, if you take 30 seconds off the shot clock there, the game is over and he turns it over uh, three seconds later that leads to a quadrant three pointer. And then yep. it's cut to four. And from yep. there it was like, it was like clearly like Sam Houston was gunning to make this comeback happen. Um, and and like, boy oh boy, was it really stressful the whole way down?
0: After well, that. thankfully they they didn't convert on all of their free throws. Which
1: yeah, yeah, they yeah they really um, shot themselves in the foot with their free throw shooting in the, in the, stretch, the in yeah. overtime. Yeah, that was not not a great showing
0: uh, there. Hey, uh, question about that final minute? Yeah, in overtime. So when we're down four <laughs> with under a minute to play, okay, I think there was like. 35 seconds it, it was more than the shot clock so it was probably like 38 seconds first of all yeah they didn't try to foul which really confused me but it really paid off because guess what we did we had quit uh yeah no 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 well yes actually um, we did. yeah but hey <laughs> we had ray sean harrison who was you know a monster at the end of that game and he was you know you said 10 for 14 from the line so okay yeah and then we had Noah Bauman, who had just hit three back-to-back free throws. Mm-hmm. We put the ball in Chance McMillan's hands, and then Buddy dribbles it in the backcourt, and and we get a backcourt violation. Oh, I remember
1: this exact moment. Here's
0: what's really funny why about this. why uh, why were you, why was is, Noah Bauman not having
1: the right. ball in his hands? I'm gonna defend Chance McMillan here. You texted okay. me, and and here's why you texted me. Uh, like after the turnover, like, dude, like of all the situations, why is like why is the ball in Chance McMillan's hand right there instead of anyone else? And I, I remember thinking, it's so funny that you said that because I remember thinking at the beginning of that possession, for, and I don't know why, like, I'm really glad Chance McMillan has the ball. I was like, if there's one guy who's like, because <laughs> like, no, uh, if there's one guy who's like bag I trust of like, who can just dribble around and not get the ball stolen and like do goofy dribbling stuff? It's Chance McMillan. So he didn't kind of, like honestly. He didn't. <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't. He turned it over. But I think the choice to like let him be the ball haver is not uh I don't know that I I thought that was a good decision too. I was like, you know Zach, what? I, I like I this. Wish, I and wish we he had a split screen.
0: I wish we had a split screen of you and I like reacting to that where McMillan gets the ball in his hands and you're like, yes! And that was I'm so like, I was, I was no! like this is great and then
1: he turned it over cuz he did that like first like between the legs like heavy dribble and I was like yeah, he's just going to do that for another 28 I'm seconds. I'm like what are we doing? Last, and the game's over. And then he turned it over and I was like uh-oh.
0: I don't know if I was more so what are we doing as much as I was like why isn't Sam Houston fouling here? But man, dude, that paid off. That was crazy. And then uh yeah. thankfully. Well, no,
1: but what happened? What happened is he turned it over. And then immediately fouled Grant. Grant only made one of two free throws. Yes. So then the game was a it was a one possession game. We got the ball into Bauman, and he immediately turned it over too. Yes. On the very yes. next possession. Yep.
0: And here's so, here's the difference. And then
1: we we lucked out that they missed, but like geez.
0: here's the difference. Actually, Zach is in Chance McMillan's um, turnover. It was a dead ball turnover, which you'll take that every time over a live ball turnover. Whereas no yeah. no Baumanns was a live ball turnover. Um, right that yeah no the both of those plays were just
1: that was, was a bad not great. that just was not a great. that was a shot that was a bad shot by Grant with 7 seconds left after the Bowman turnover i thought yes, like yes oh they have a really good chance to to tie the game here and i thought that he settled for a really bad shot with like 8 seconds left yeah he did um, he did but then they ended up getting what they got an offensive rebound but then missed both free, both free throws like it was just
0: ridiculous what do you what yeah. do you want the, to the talk about the end of that about... game was crazy yeah it was what do you want to talk about first, the broadcast or the officiating? Um I
1: I don't know that I have anything particularly to say about the broadcast. I thought it was okay. all right. The yeah. officiating, the, the, I do have a lot to say about the officiating. Um hit, hit so it. we we can start there. Uh so first of all, I want to preface this that I actually mentioned the officiating coming into this game and I actually think officiating is really important with Sam Houston in particular, this is something I talked about very early on in their game against Nevada and in a lot of their games, which is uh, Sam Houston plays a really just like rough, hard-nosed style of basketball. I think they're comparable to like the University of Houston where they would just beat you by like diving for loose balls and getting rebounds and being obnoxious. The thing about that is, Uh, when you're playing Oklahoma and you have big 12 refs, you can get away with being more physical than you can uh, in the Western athletic conference um, or in the mountain West. Like, right. Like when they play Nevada. And so I think that's what uh, that's kind of a a problem for them is in games where they're allowed to just play. uh, They just abuse you and force turnovers and get rebounds and just wear you down. But in games where it's called really tight, uh, that doesn't help them. And so um, this was an interesting game because uh, I know we both felt like they, there were a lot of bad calls against GCU. But I, hate, I, but I, Zach, also I felt like, like
0: there was a lot of bad calls against Sam Houston State as well. Yeah. I do yeah. not so, think they were consistently not, bad. They were consistently bad. Um, So there, I think there were a
1: lot of bad calls. I think they called the game probably too tight in that they called a lot of really ticky-tack fouls that I, that I think they could have gone without calling. But I think that is advantageous to GCU uh, in a game where 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 that's allowed to go on. I, I think that just leads to more GCU turnovers. So the fact that every possession was a foul, while it was frustrating from a standpoint of like I want to watch a good basketball game, that's what it felt like the last, especially the last like four minutes of, of regulation. It just felt like every possession was like dribble down, get fouled, get a reach and foul call, like every time you go near defender, and then it's just the free throw shooting game. Uh, so it, it felt like they were just calling on absolutely everything, but what that did is it took away from SFAs or uh, not SFA from Sam Houston's ability to like be aggressive and force turnovers. So yeah, I, I don't think the officiating was particularly great, but I and I think they got a lot of bad calls on both GCU and Sam Houston. yeah, but I think the the pace adjustment that happened because of the officiating was beneficial for GCU.
0: Yeah it's funny. I, I guess when I asked you whether you wanted to talk about the the broadcast, a lot of what I had to say is what you could hear
1: from, oh, uh, oh, from fans. Yeah,
0: from like fans. Yeah. yeah, dude. These people are like, hey, ref, how much are they paying you? I'm just I like, dude, my mind. you need to shut up because literally it was bad both ways. It was terrible. I'm actually really going bad. through you and I's um, texts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the game. <laughs> I said dude these refs suck butt. <laughs> <laughs> They're calling fouls on both teams that are so clean. <laughs> they called goaltending cuz they don't like cool plays. That was that goaltending <laughs> I think on um um Isaiah Carr. I don't he pinned it on the backboard. Did you have an opinion on that play? If I do remember the
1: it it. gold but I don't think so. Yeah, either. I don't I, I don't think so. It was it was whatever. close
0: though, because I I don't blame them for calling that one. It was close, but I still don't think it was the right call. And then they called a charge. I can't remember who was the ball handler. I think it might have been um Kobe Knox, but um they called a charge, and <laughs> here's what I texted you they're calling charge when the defender's doing the potty dance in the in the restricted area. <laughs> he was like sitting, you know what holding I... <laughs> his crotch, he had his feet in the same like they were together they weren't spread out and i was just like oh my yeah. god and then they my called response a foul, to that was just lmao oh
1: i'm mcgloffin <laughs> yeah. no well yeah i was gonna say my response was just knox getting uh minutes and crunch time here is wild to me <laughs>
0: yeah because like exactly. we haven't
1: we've seen him like play four minutes a game and so the fact that he's in like crunch time and a tight game on the road i was i was kind of surprised i mean i guess black shears out so we're kind of thin but like man
0: yeah and then finally, the last one I have, I actually sent the video of it to you. <laughs> the foul they called on McLaughlin because, uh, oh, like literally the the post for uh, the post player for Sam Houston State hip checked him so hard, moved him off of his spot, and then like somehow their arms got tangled, and they just called a foul on Gabe McLaughlin. I'm like, are you serious right now? This is just. So ticky tack, soft fouls, bro. I couldn't believe it. I was yeah. so
1: mad. The last of regulation, uh, like I sent um, like five texts in a row. Uh, two terrible foul calls, um, McLaughlin in all caps because he hit a shot. Uh, yeah. dude, what is that foul call? Another bad call, but we'll take it. And the refs don't want a basketball game to be played.
0: Yeah, no, like it, it you, like you said, like another bad possession. call, but we'll take it. Yeah, we we know that bad th- things are going bad for both sides.
1: Yeah. It, it felt like it just felt like towards the stretch, every possession was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Someone's going to drive and then a region foul is going to get called and they're going to shoot free throws. And yeah. that's just the whole and that's exactly what happened in like all of regulation. And it was just like, so I mean, it's just not like it's not a good product from like a basketball perspective.
0: No, not at all.
1: Free, free throw simulator is always annoying.
0: I uh, I was mad but I definitely was not as mad as the guy that you could hear on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's yeah. a good, that's a good bridge into that discussion. Um, I'll talk about what he was saying. Hey ref, go back to foot locker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <that was> good. <laughs> and then, you know, like how much are they paying you? So funny, but um, other things you could hear. And the reason you could hear these, do you know what it is?
1: Cause no. the arena had like Why 10 people there...
0: in it. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to say it had yeah. like 10 fans. Come on, man. Yeah. You have a big, nice arena. Tough, tough scene. It's probably the biggest game that you guys are hosting all year. Except for, obviously, their Stephen F. Austin game, because I'm sure they're rivals. But that's a huge game. And there's 10 people there. Unbelievable. Um, Other things that I heard, eat them up, cats. Eat them up, cats. Just this lady over (laughs) and over again. Yeah, over and over again. (laughs) And then... um, So there was there was a whole there was a whole possession where it was the same guy who was yelling at the refs. I think it was in overtime, but um, this guy, the whole possession when Rayshon Harrison had the ball in his hands, he's going flopper, flopper.
1: Yeah. I was I was losing my mind, man. That guy was so funny. No, it was <laughs> now, now that you mentioned it, it was really funny listening to that because like everyone watching the game was really frustrated with officiating. Yeah. Uh, And that's because officiating was really bad. But it was it was bad consistently, like it was bad to both teams, but it was really bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, another thing about the broadcast, they kept calling Igehan Igwayhan. Yeah, it's funny. I thought I I was like, am I saying this guy's name wrong? So, Zach, here's here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna say this now, even though we haven't gotten to this the Stephen F. Austin game yet. So they called Bauman Bowman the whole time okay now <laughs> yeah. now the reason that I bring this up I don't want to disparage the guys who call the game because they really do a great job but I was just kind of scratching my head about the pronunciations because they typically have a pronunciation guide that explains how to pronounce guys names so I kind of would understand why they kept calling Noah Bauman Noah Bowman because when it's like written out it'll say like B-O-W-M-A-N and so like you know bow oh. like a bow and arrow because um, it's like yeah yeah but like I, how han how do you e I... I- gay han that's what it says and so Iguéhan. the igwehan han thing maybe they just didn't get pronunciation guides that's that would be intriguing to me but it's not a big deal a couple of other things i had about the game though um did you notice gcu went two three uh, zone with like three and a half minutes left, and basically was in that the entire rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. the final, the final five possessions of the game for Sam Houston State, they only got two paint touches, and and on both of those, those possessions, they got buckets. But um, they they didn't really get the ball inside, and they kind of ended up um, hucking up prayers from from the rafters. Um, I thought that was a really good adjustment for the Lopes.
1: Yeah. I thought so too. I was I was really impressed with our with our fight in that game.
0: Yeah. Um another thing I I noticed um I saw it a couple times. Um it wasn't a frequent thing, but they did a offensively the Lopes did a variation of like a corner rip. And so what the corner rip is actually something that um the Dan Marley um era they they did that frequently. Um you'd have a a post sitting um weak side um, elbow. And then two guys, one in each corner would kind of cross each other underneath the basket. And the one on strong side would set a back screen, uh, a flare screen for the, um for the, the, the post who's on the elbow. And so that's the way they used to do it. Um, This one was just a variation of it. They would have those two guys from the corner. They Sometimes they would start at the wing. Um, I know when I noticed it, they were doing it at the wing, but they would cross underneath the basket. And then the one who was on the strong side would set a screen underneath and then would do a post up instead of setting a back screen for the post on the, on the weak side. And um, I think it was actually Gabe McLaughlin got the ball Um from an entry pass on that, I don't know that we got a bucket or not, but it was nice to see a little bit of a new action that I haven't seen yet. Um, they they might have been doing it beforehand, but I guess the more I watch, the more I notice with the Lopes. It's not just the yeah. the spread ball screen every time, but yeah, um, especially we're, now we're that adjustments, right? Yeah, we're especially now that Yo is not available, right? <laughs> yeah. Same Houston State did a little bit of a tight zoom action, <clears throat> um, almost like you know how in like when flex was really popular and mm-hmm. um, they would do it really tight. Like they'd have the two guards literally on the elbow and the flex action going on at the blocks. So it's all like really compact. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what Sam Houston's, um zoom action looked like they had the big holding the ball basically at the elbow and they'd set the zoom action down on the block and the and the um the guard would come off and just get that dribble handoff at the elbow so it was really tight but it was a it was an opportunity for them to get pain touches and uh, i think they scored off of it a couple times so that was really interesting um typically like zoom action is really a really big kind of movement right now in college basketball actually um jordan sperber Hoop Vision just posted a 10-minute video about it last night. Did you see my tweet? Uh Yeah. Babe, I like the tweet, up. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Babe, wake up. <laughs> I know. Posted. I saw it. I felt bad
1: because I saw it, and and I was like, oh, this is really funny. No one's going to like. <laughs> Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> hey, yeah, I was actually
0: right. with my mom, and I uh, I made her watch the video with me, and I was like, you're going to learn more about basketball in these next 10 minutes than you have the last 20 years. So sit tight. She's like, do we have to? <laughs> Yeah, yes, we but do wrong. Yeah. Yes, we have to. Um man. But yeah, no, it was it was a fun, entertaining game. I'm glad GCU came away with the win. Um me too. It's a massive, it's a massive win for the for the program, especially since it's a quad one win and it's really gonna not that yeah, it it really and it's matters, gonna stay a quad but, one win. Yeah, exactly. Cause, so. Cause
1: a road win if they're top 75, uh it'll be a quad one win. And I don't see them dropping below 75. Yeah. In that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're That's looking-
1: huge. Oh, yeah. uh, tied for the highest net win uh, in program history.
0: Massive. The other one was um, uh, San Francisco, right? Um, I, I, I should probably know that. I don't know. <laughs> you just saw it on Twitter, right? I
1: saw that. I saw that tweet that it was tied for the highest win in program
0: history. Yeah. I think, I think it was Steve or um, not Stephen F. Austin SF, um, or uh, San Francisco, San Francisco last year at the, um, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I could be super wrong though, but it yeah. is what it is. Let's move on to Stephen F. Austin. Now we've already talked quite a bit about this game, but I think there's a lot more to say about it. Um, I'll start. Yeah. So you and I had already <laughs> mentioned this, okay? <laughs> the um the broadcast, the guy who is um, commentating, he said, "Oh man, the Lumberjacks are more or less the same defensive team as Sam Houston State." <laughs> Okay. That's <laughs> that's sh- that should offend <laughs> Sam Houston State fans a lot. It offended me and then I got roasted on Twitter for it. Well, you shouldn't have been because that's yeah, that, that was an absurd comment. Yeah, it's bonkers.
1: Um yeah, just for reference, uh Stephen F. Austin in uh average uh defensive efficiency, they're number one hundred and eighty-six in the country. Sam Houston State is number 42 in the country so it is not
0: Massive not really close disparity. at all Yep, yeah not close at all one of those teams is good at defense the other team is not good at defense so so why did they look deep why did they look good on defense against the low?
1: my answer is they
0: didn't uh, you might
1: think <laughs> they look good I guess like they look good if you look at the stats and see oh we had 25 turnovers they must have been like really heckled uh, no that we turn we like we said uh, I would say out of our 25 turnovers, at least 10, maybe 15 are just because of boneheaded passes, not because of any particularly great pressure, just like stupid decision making. Um, and that's something I haven't seen from us before. What I think is uh, we we can't, obviously coming off our biggest win of the season, um, we came out really confident. And I think in certain ways, that was really good in the sense that we we were more aggressive moving the ball. We got the ball inside more. Uh, I thought it was really good uh, that that was happening. I think with that, though, we perhaps got a little overconfident in like our passes and we made just a lot of bad passes and we couldn't really rein it in. Like uh, early on, we were when we were kind of like running it out. we were just playing really well. Uh, that was fine. Later on, once the game got a little tighter, uh, those those errant passes hurt us really badly. But I, I cannot recall very many forced turnovers. And it was long, yeah, bad no, pass. it was
0: it was it was really bad, really bad passing. Um, to talk about the defense though for GCU, um, they didn't look any better on the defensive end of the court. Yeah, they actually looked terrible. Um, you know, we started off the first half like you said, incredible. You know, um we were penetrating the paint offensively. We're getting really nice looks. We were knocking down some, uh, some threes. Um, And that those were after paint touches, by the way, Um, defensively, we were, they were kind of hitting us stride for stride early on. And then we kind of went on a little bit of a run. I think we extended our lead to five max, or did we get a little bit higher? I think it was the five. First half. Yeah. It might've been five or seven regardless. We had a lead for most of the first half. And then all of a sudden the bad passes start happening. Um, that was right around the three, four-minute mark left in the half. Um, second chance points because we weren't Dude, rebounding
1: catastrophic. The ball. Terrible. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. Uh the offensive rebounds allowed was just like just awful.
0: You can't have um, it, Zach. It was it was terrible.
1: 12 offensive rebounds. You know what's crazy? They had 12 and we had 10. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like it felt uh, like
0: they had 30 and we had two.
1: Yeah, there was a stretch um, later in the game uh, when when they put the game away. Um, I, I I tweeted this as I was keeping track of it as like this is the most ridiculous thing. Uh, and for a certain three minute span of the game, um, we allowed five offensive rebound, turned the ball over three times, and scored zero points in a 3 minute stretch late in the game. Yikes. 5 offensive rebounds allowed on 4 possessions. Yeah. We had 3 turnovers. So that means what happened is they shoot, miss, get an offensive rebound score, we turn it over. They shoot, miss, get an miss, offensive get an off. rebound score, we turn it over. And it was just 3 minutes of that. Like the just like horrible, horrible basketball. Um yeah, just bad. Like we just we weren't positioning ourselves particularly well for rebounds we were letting their big men get inside we didn't put any emphasis on like actually stopping them from getting rebounds um it was really bad i i was really not impressed especially late in the game um with look like they were super
0: disciplined it didn't look like they were super disciplined boxing out either um one of the things that i really was excited about bryce drew early on was there was this shot. I can't remember. I think it was when we beat New Mexico state at home in Bryce Drew's first year. Mm -hmm. And there was this video that, that the team posted of him coming into the locker room and all the players are like, you know, spraying him with water bottles and stuff or whatever. Yeah. They're, they're getting all hyped, but I thought it was really cool because you can see in the locker room and they have these like posters just slapped all over the wall. Okay. And, there was like three of them that said hard box outs, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So that was clearly one of the things that they emphasized was boxing out hard. And I'm sure that's still one of their emphases or emphases in the, in in the program. And they looked lost. They looked like unmotivated to play defense. And then also they just looked like they, they were struggling defensively, not just on, on the, on the boards, but, Stephen F. Austin was running kind of a blocker mover. Um, some of it was wheel action um, with the blockers standing high and low instead of spread across like the court. Um, but it, it looked like the Lopes were really struggling to guard off ball when the the screens are off ball and having to defend somebody who just caught the ball in an off ball screen. Um, and, and they absolutely had no problem getting into the paint against us. Yeah, it was not not good. Well, and and so that that kind of started out their defensive struggles um, midway through the first half. Um, We came out of halftime, though, after they had gone on that massive run at the end of the first half, we came out of halftime looking slow as well. It looked yeah. like there had been no adjustments made. And then all of a sudden that always,
1: that always is frustrating.
0: It, it, it's tough. And it was, it was almost like that one game. I can't remember who we were playing, but um, where was it? The um Alcorn state game where Bryce drew subbed yes. all five starters out. Yeah. As right state. at the beginning of the first or the second half. It felt yep, like we came out playing the same way
1: yep. as we were playing in the first half. And yep. then he, he made subs. Yeah. That was Alcorn state.
0: So they didn't do that this time. They didn't make subs, but they called a really early timeout. It was like 18 minutes, 18 and a half minutes left in the game. They called that timeout, and they had just let Stephen F. Austin do whatever they wanted offensively. Um, After that, there was a midpoint in the second half where the Lopes really could have gone on a run. They were getting stops frequently, and then they just wouldn't do anything offensively. Okay? Mm -hmm. It was just it was so frustrating because we were finally getting it done on defense for a stretch and we just couldn't convert on the offensive end of the court. Now, with that being said, during that time of the game, I noticed something. All right. And I texted you about this. I said, I have some tea (laughs) Speculative, Oh yeah. My own speculation. Okay. It's not really speculation. It's more so of an observation. So I sent you the clips, okay? So the first one that I have is Chance McMillan. Oh, man. He drives into the paint. He drives into the paint. He has Kobe Knox running baseline. His defenders got his back turned to him. This is an easy lob. An easy lob to Knox and doesn't throw it up as a lob he tries to shoot. Do you see this? He was... Yeah, he didn't throw up the oop. He... Uh, it shouldn't, that shot shouldn't have been said, tra- but by the it way, that have shouldn't have been a travel. Way.
1: No, I don't think so either, but he should have thrown the oop. It wouldn't have mattered either way because they called a travel low.
0: Yes, but Kobe Knox, if you look at him at the end of this play, he is beside himself. He's got his hands up in the air like, what is going on here? So he's ticked on that one. He's waving his arms. Okay, so that's, that's one of them. The next one, this actually happened beforehand. This one's Rayshawn Harrison. And he gets a ball screen. Kobe Knox is sitting in the corner with his hands up. Like, why am I not getting the ball? He is so mad about this. I'm curious as to whether he is displeased. Kobe Knox? Yeah, just with his role in the team.
1: Um, or with his teammates. Maybe
0: Because maybe he looks incredibly frustrated, both with Chance McMillan and with um, Rashawn Harrison in both of those plays. Think he's going to transfer? So that you're going with this? I didn't want to say that. His his brother's in the NBA, right? His brother was in the NBA. I don't know if he's. No, he is. He is. He went he to is, Kentucky. Yeah. He went to Kentucky and he was drafted ninth overall. Yeah. So so I didn't want to say transfer because that's that's kind of pulling I'll the trigger it. really I, early.
1: I was I'm going to just be saying people are already transferring college basketball. We're we've straight up have free agency.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin but Knox he, is on the Knicks. He he looks really upset, though, in those two plays particularly. Um, I think they lost composure. They certainly lost composure, the Lopes did, and yeah, it's evident. It looked like they were playing loose. They were playing looser than they normally do,
1: perhaps because of confidence, and uh, that was fine when things were going well, and then when things stopped going well, they didn't, for whatever reason, have the ability to rein it in. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, but again, I think that's, I think these are things that can be changed with, with coaching. I, I don't, I don't see this as a uh, too big of an issue. I think we'll be okay. Well, I'm not it, particularly it, concerned
0: and keep in mind. They just came off of a really emotional win at Sam Houston state. And then also Javon and Blackshear, Blackshear injured. And yeah. And no YO. Yeah. But yeah. He looked, he looked really irritated. And I think that was kind of a, not just a him thing, probably a team thing. Um, they just, they lost composure. Um, I had one other note. It's mm-hmm. a little bit lame compared to that last one. Um, they ran overload pin, which was really cool. It's the first time I've seen that from them where they have um, a a big pinning on the weak side, facing the weak side when the ball is on the strong side, and then they swing the ball over to weak side, and he's already got him pinned, and um, it was nice to see that that action yeah. in the game. So, um, Aside from that, the only comment I have about SFA was, we, we just looked uncomposed and not prepared, honestly.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I think lack of discipline is, is what you said, uh, suits what I saw. That's the exact word that I used in my tweet post game. Um, yeah, it felt like we were, um, it felt like it was perhaps, uh, we, we, you know, we're so prepared. So, so preparing ourselves for the sam houston game that we were not prepared um for for this one um yeah we
0: looked undisciplined
1: um yeah yeah
0: let's move into our plays of the game um let's start with the Sam houston state uh play of the game i only have an offensive play of the game for both games i don't have defensive we don't need to break down four plays man it would take forever
1: harrison for mcmillan oh wide open down low is knox
0: for the lay-in
1: Seven points for Knox, 55-51. Two and a half minutes to play here in Huntsville. This game is far from over.
0: The Lopes are down six in this offensive play of the game. We're down six. Three minutes to go in the game. Okay. So the Lopes set up in a overloaded spread ball screen. The first ball screen is on weak side set by Gabe McLaughlin. He's going to roll to the basket. Rayshon Harrison's going to reverse ball. Um, onto the far side of the court and the ball is reversed right back to him. Now we have looks like Noah Bauman running baseline. He's coming to the corner and then he comes up to set the ball a screen. And unfortunately it looks like we have a little bit of a miscue here where we have Bauman come in to set a screen and then also Gabe McLaughlin coming back up from the block to set a screen, but they they figure it out really quickly and Bauman cuts across the the free throw line. Now on the near side, Rayshon Harrison has the ball. Gabe McLaughlin sets the pick again and then pops out to the three point line looking like he could get a shot, but the defender at the top of the key closes out hard on him. Does a good job there, but Kobe Knox makes a beautiful cut through the middle of the lane backdoors the far side uh, elbow defender and gets a nice dish from Gabe McLaughlin. Little, uh little lay in and the lopes are now only down four points. It looks like,
1: does he like do a hezzy and then his defender at the elbow and the defender like loses him. Cause he thinks he's stopping. Like he doesn't stop and go at the elbow, which allows him to like, once he keeps going, that's why no one's with him. You know?
0: Well, what happens is on the baseline run by, um, never mind on the pick and pop where Ray Harrison comes off the screen, the second screen from game, Gabe McLaughlin, he heads towards yeah. kind of the corner And takes two defenders with him. They go to trap him. And that kind of leaves Gabe McLaughlin open for the pick and pop. And so the top, the the top of the key defender has to go and close out on Gabe McLaughlin. So right now at this point, when Gabe gets the pick and pop catch, there are two defenders on the baseline towards the corner, short corner area with Ray Sean Harrison. And so now you have three guys defending four offensive players. And so that, that guy at the top of the key closes out on, on Gabe McLaughlin McLaughlin. Yeah. And, and that then, was Kobe Knox's guy. Yeah. And then Kobe, that was Knox, the guy that was guarding Knox, right? Yep, Exactly. And then Knox, Knox just has cuts, to back no door. One picks him
1: up. Yeah. Um, help side to be fair. Uh, help side guy is not in appropriate condition. Like he's too far.
0: Yeah. He needs to be, hailing. he's not
1: in good help side, uh, given the chances in that corner. Um, yep. if he's like on the block where he's supposed to be, perhaps that's a harder play or not a play at all. Um, so that that helps the play, but yeah, really just like good good court vision by Knox, uh, good awareness to know that his guy had to pick up shooter, right? He had to pick up McLaughlin, or he shoots that, so uh, he can just get away with that, right? He's got both both of their inside guys have to be in in help, so they can't be all the way in the middle. And obviously, uh, the the far side guy looks like who's guarding McMillan isn't in good help defense at all, so he's able to just get that cut. And go.
0: Well, and that defender is also anticipating a, a ball reversal. And so he's kind of yeah. expecting that ball to come down to McMillan in the corner for the for the corner three. Um right. and that kind of he gets kind of caught out of position because of that and just a little bit of anticipation. Um, and he ended up giving up a bucket because yeah. of it.
1: And it all starts with Harrison. I mean, Harrison's really nice pass after drawing the double is is kind of what starts it all off. Cause then Knox's guy obviously has to pick a McLaughlin, and then Knox is free to make that cut um without a defender on him and the help side not being there so yeah exactly. really really well executed play
0: yeah it was really nice good, good read by kobe knox uh way to keep your head up and look at the basket um gave so yep great great job by the lopes let's take a look at the next one the play of the game for the stephen f austin game and a big dunk
1: down low by McLaughlin.
0: Indeed it was. He
1: cocked it all the way back to Grand Canyon University there. Huh. It's the Lopes take a three-point lead now.
0: All right, so with nine minutes and five seconds left in the first half against Stephen F. Austin, GC was up 17-16. Rayshon Harrison is currently at the, at the mid-post mid um, on the near side. Ball handler is Josh Baker on the far side. Josh Baker is going to reverse court with a dribble reversal. And Ray Harrison is going to kind of post up. He's going to pin his guy high and, and he's, he's signaling for a lob with his hand. Right now we have Gabe McLaughlin in the corner on the far side. Okay. And Gabe McLaughlin's defender is currently at the top of the restricted area. Defending that lob that could go into Ray Harrison since he's got his guy pinned. What that does is he has to turn his head away from Gabe McLaughlin. Josh Baker does a nice job of driving towards the baseline and getting his guy out of position. He's got him pinned at the hip at this point. And, um, Gabe McLaughlin's defender has to step towards the baseline to help. And Gabe McLaughlin is just sitting in the corner wide open and he cuts towards basket. Josh Baker sees him, dishes it off and Gabe McLaughlin slams it home. Legs rise over the defender Kind of teabags him on the way over.
1: <laughs> Dude, what a play, man! Great
0: offensive play. McLaughlin's just so athletic. This is
1: um, this is the the kind of thing that he he does a lot that is really awesome. Is um, he's like some players? You know how they say like he like ha- he's a quiet player. Like he scores a lot and does a lot, but it's like on the low. Blackshear is like the opposite of that, where like he'll have. 10 points in a game and you'll remember everyone because it's a play like this where he like comes off a, a back door cut and like alley you poster someone you're talking um, about McLaughlin McLaughlin yeah. yeah he's just uh he's just incredible um I've I've seen and I don't know maybe I just like wasn't watching very closely the last several years but I feel like there's like a layer of athleticism to him that I don't remember previously like he just makes so many like athletic plays it's it's really remarkable and it's just impossible to guard
0: yeah you know our our, our uh our favorite <laughs> player Gabe McLaughlin's number one fan here
1: yeah uh same um it might be that's at least the second one of our play of the games I think that is uh a backdoor McLaughlin cut
0: alley-oop. dude it has to be yeah there was that one we had another guy. one yep yeah yeah, yeah it cut. was a,
1: yep Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. He just he's like just so good at that. And I don't know, like, I don't know why he just like doesn't get recognized or like he he keeps timing is really good. He knows when he can go and like not get like caught or seen. Um, but like, yeah, he's just he, like he has a really awesome. high.
0: He has a really high basketball IQ, and that's that's an intangible yeah, that's that I think really it. pays that's off for him. Although um, he did take a three in the first half that actually got him benched. Do you remember it? Dude, he yeah. had so much space. He could have just driven and at least gotten a short corner jumper. That was <laughs> but a he, tough took, decision. he took the three and and coach put him on the play. But a mad lad. <laughs> so yeah. And those are our plays of the game. Do you feel do you have anything else to say about these couple of games, Zach?
1: No, I feel pretty encouraged. Uh I, I don't I'm not bothered at all by the SFA loss. I'm glad that we get them later. I'm I'm more impressed by the Sam Houston loss than I am disappointed by the Stephen F. Austin loss. Um, and I, I think that like, man, I think that we're just in such a good position. It, I've, it makes me even sad that the Wimmers exist, which we'll get into later, because like uh, we're only playing Sam Houston the once and the fact that we won that on the road is crazy. And we also only have Utah Valley once and it's at home. So if, if, for example, we're able to win that, we're honestly in an incredible position to have the best record in the WAC, but I don't think that is going to correlate with winning the WAC because Sam Houston and Utah Valley, their Wimmers is just too high. So that's disappointing, but uh, really, 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 honestly, pretty fine road trip. We have um, an easier kind of set coming up, which we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what this team... Uh, can keep doing
0: yeah absolutely um before we get into around the whack i guess this actually counts as around the whack so we'll talk about um some stuff that happened in the whack this week but i wanted to make an update on the whack championship belt okay do you remember who had the whack championship belt at the end of last week
1: uh
0: no was it southern utah it was southern utah okay So the belt has no they lost. So the belt has made its rounds, okay? Southern Utah had an opportunity to defend its title against Tarleton State in Tarleton State on Thursday, January 5th. They did not defend their title. They lost to Tarleton State 65-68. And Tarleton State claimed the championship belt. Saturday, January 9th, Tarleton State. (laughs) had an opportunity to retain the championship belt as it faced Sam Houston State they did not defend their title and Sam Houston State won the championship belt beating Tarleton State 75-68 so Sam Houston is the current holder of the title belt it's unfortunate that it happened right after you know, we after them. GCU played them yeah. right
1: and we're not going to play them again so if they win out it's exactly hopeless got to exactly. wait till Vegas i guess yeah, yeah.
0: I'm thinking what we need to do is, well, first and foremost, we need to think of a nice name, a nice name for the WAC championship belt. Like yeah. you had, you had told me the college championship is, is, um, the it's MacGuffin. the MacGuffin. So we need yeah. to have a, a cool name for the WAC championship belt. And I think we need to make it a regular season only. Yeah. So yeah. If anybody has any ideas on a, on a name for the WAC championship belt, um, please hit us up on Twitter. Give us some suggestions. Should be a fun project. It's yeah, a good one. Yep. So hit us up with around yeah. the whack, Zach. All right, around the whack. Uh, a lot of things
1: happening this week in conference play. Um, the oh, incidentally, two of the biggest games um, this week were the ones that GCU was involved in. Um, that GCU Sam Houston game was probably the biggest game of the week, and the GCU SFA game was also um, a really big game. The outside of uh, those two teams, which we've already talked about. Um, the the kind of surprising thing is uh New Mexico State just continues to skid. They just look so bad. O and four in conference play. They lost at home by nine to Cal Baptist, they lost in Stephen F. Austin. This, that's what they did this week. Not to mention they lost at home to southern Utah and lost at home to Sam Houston the week before. They're 0 4 in whack play, and 3 at home, and they just look bad. I don't know what the deal is. Uh and, and it, they're going to Seattle for their next game on Thursday. So it's probably not going to get any better. I, I don't know what to make of this team. Um, This is a team that is too talented to be
0: this bad. I think. Absolutely. And you know, we had texted about this actually. Yeah. Um, Greg hire needs to get fired. I I mean, yeah. Is this his second year, third year? No, this is his first First, year because Chris Jans was with them last year.
1: And now Jans went to Mississippi state and they were like 12 and 0 at one point, right? Like they're a pretty good
0: team. They're they're decent. Yeah. They're They're not a great sec team, but they're, they're going
1: to make the tournament probably possibly. Yeah. But yeah, Greg hired, like it's,
0: things are not going well there.
1: Yeah. Things yeah, there's, and like, obviously there have been extracurricular issues with that program this year. Um, with the, the New Mexico incident, but like, man, like they just, they are not doing well and I don't know that I see it getting better. Um, yeah, really disappointing what we've seen. They're currently, uh, they're currently 11th place, uh, in the WAC right now. If you look at standings, uh, and a tie for last with UT Arlington and UTRGB who are like, they're the teams you'd expect to be 0 and 4, definitely not New Mexico state. Um, yeah, so I don't know what the deal is there. We'll we'll keep monitoring them. A, a really just a really bad loss uh, to to Cal Baptist on Saturday at home. A Cal Baptist team who uh, I think is is not really as good as perhaps we thought of them coming in. Obviously, GCU beat them in that first conference game at home pretty handily. Um, Seattle U beat them at home. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the deal is with New Mexico State. Uh, they're a mess. They got, they have a lot of things to figure out, but yeah, it is uh, a glorious or perhaps not glorious way for New Mexico state fans, uh, but a glorious way for them to kind of burn out of the conference to get absolutely dominated by everyone on their way to the new conference USA. Um, Well, obviously what would make that sweeter is GCU beating them for all of the like misery of just getting smoked by them every year. Um, for us to like if we were to like beat them twice this year and then they lose a play-in game in Wack Vegas uh I would I would be happy I'd I'd be pretty thrilled with that no Zach
0: what would be better is if we beat them twice in very close games and then somehow they just made a run in the tournament and then we met in the championship game they
1: might not even have to make a run we might see them in the second round
0: that's that's true. <laughs> we just want we want to be on the other side of the bracket from them. Not because we're afraid of them, but because I want there to be an opportunity for us to play them in the championship if, and send if, them home.
1: If Wack Vegas were to start today, we wouldn't play them until the championship because we'd be on the opposite side of the bracket. And they have, like have the hear. easiest draw ever. They'd have the easiest draw ever, but we'll explain
0: why because the wimmers are bad later. <laughs> well, I uh that that's the dream anyways. That's the hope, but I'm not yeah. gonna hold, I'm not gonna hold my breath because yeah. they have not impressed me so far. I'm actually no. re-watching that that Cal Baptist versus New Mexico State game right now. Um, you know what I notice about this? What have you noticed that when maybe I'm just making this up? When the light shines on their court, it looks like the floor is uneven. <laughs> the tiles yeah. are like at different levels and i and, and i know it's because the grain of the wood goes in opposite directions for every tile but it doesn't look good on camera it legitimately looks like their tiles are uneven you know how like there's like that sport court that like some um like lunchrooms have so they can have PE yeah. in there it looks <laughs> yeah. like it looks like that but but wood <laughs> man poverty team no i'm kidding i'm stoking the fire yeah, <laughs> but yeah man. is that all you have for for around the whack or do you have anything um, else
1: shout out to utah valley uh they currently have a 10 game winning streak fifth longest uh active winning streak in division one hey uh, look they're at just that. a buzzsaw they're just a buzzsaw man um according to the latest bracketology they have overtaken sam houston as the perennial um joe linardi has them in as the wax automatic qualifier on the 13 line so all right um, the 13 yeah. all
0: right yeah what does andy Katz have do you know uh, I don't, but,
1: um, I, I was, I was intrigued that Sam Houston, uh, in almost every bracketology, I GSL was a 12 seed, but the Utah Valley would be a 13 seed. Um, but I guess Utah Valley is ranked a little lower in Ken Palm.
0: Well, and Utah Valley only has one of those big power five wins and, uh, and uh, Sam Houston has two. The reason those are never actually accurate because a lot of
1: those teams that are 12 seeded won't win their conference tournament. And the team that actually wins will be a 15 instead of a 12. So, uh, I would say. General as a as someone who looks at a lot of bracketology, reading into seeding this early uh, doesn't matter at all. But it's just interesting to know that Utah Valley is the projected team up top instead yeah. of Sam Houston. Yeah, um, I mean they are they are first in the in the winners now. So uh, after after yeah, Sam Houston's lost to GCU. Uh, what it did is it bumped Utah Valley or it bumped Sam Houston down to second. Um, and with In Utah, Utah Valley, Valley being on top. Yeah. And yep. Seattle U at third.
0: Uh Seattle U at fourth.
1: Uh no, Seattle U at third. Time. Above GCU. No, above Where? GCU. Where as are of you...
0: today. Oh. As of geez. today, January 8th.
1: Yeah. Which is which is I'm not even I had 30 minutes of complaining to do about that. So we're gonna save that for we're gonna save that for Wednesday's episode. But dude, like don't even get me started. All right.
0: We're not doing that right now. We're not sorry. We're gonna move on. Yeah. I'm no. Hey, did you I see my tweet? I, I think I, gonna... I didn't see your tweet, but I know that my Twitter has become more sarcastic the further we get into the season. Um, Dude, <laughs> so so bad. So Whack Hoops Digest shout out shout out Whack Hoops Digest posted. Here are your Whack Hoops net rankings as of Friday morning. And <laughs> even after GCU beat Sam Houston, they were still 36th in the nation. And all I could say was, yes, Dude. please tell me more about how the 36th best team in the nation lost to a Grand Canyon team who turned the ball over 28 times. <laughs> <laughs> the Dude, same, the were... same GCU team who lost at full strength yeah. to, to um, Wichita State who is a disaster class right now.
1: Net rankings are objectively terrible. We should have known from the beginning. This is the same net rankings that was that was trying to tell me that Sam Houston was the number 7 team in the country in the non-conference.
0: When that was, was everyone was
1: saying like put them on the two line, put them on the two
0: line. <laughs> <laughs> I I know I said it last week but honestly, I cannot take anything seriously that has the net rankings as like an actual no, objective, horrible. like look at how they're basketball so landscape bad. is is they're not
1: good. Hey, speaking I don't, of, Ken Palm is way better. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. We've been beating that horse all year, though.
0: Hey, we yeah. we love Ken Pomeroy. We do. I wish I wish he would sponsor us, but I don't think he does that. I, hey, speaking yeah. of my sarcastic tweets, um, so the Friday version of the Wimmers, <laughs> I <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I retweeted and I said. Thank you, Wax Sports, for your amazing seeding system. So glad we don't go seeding by uh, conference standings. Imagine a world in which we could do it by conference standings.
1: GCU won the only head-to-head matchup with Sam Houston on the road in Sam Houston, but like Sam Houston beat some power conferences in October, so we're gonna just give them the higher seed. Like it's literally what's happening here.
0: Hey, you know what? It is what it is, man. It is what it's, it is. It's it's only fair.
1: Yeah, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Utah. Call me and saucy.
0: Lost to us at home. <laughs> that's the ah. That's the 36th best team in the nation, Zach. No, it's not. The, no doubt about it.
1: No, it's not. They're not they're no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're
0: not. <laughs> just a, just a heads up for everybody. We're going to try something a little different this time around and see if it, uh, if it works out, if we like it, what we're going to do is we're going to do our recap of the previous week on Monday, and then we will do a preview for the week ahead and release that on Wednesday. So we will be getting two episodes this week. We hope you guys enjoy that. We'll do the best we can to keep it organized. It is the first time, so it might be a little bit might be a little bit weird the first time around, but if uh, we like this format, then we'll keep going with it. And, and uh, I hope you're looking forward to hearing from us on Wednesday. All right. Lopes up everybody. Lopes up.